This episode is sponsored by Kangaroo Jack Fitness, personal training that goes above and beyond to get the best results for you. Right, before we before we start, I'm holding a pack of cards in my hand. How many cards do you want? You gotta try and get twenty one. Um we're we playing right. blackjack. You're playing what, blackjack. Have we, what have I been dealt with first? I so, can't... So, uh, <laughs> stick or twist if I don't know the cards. You do t- two so, and then. Yeah. So, Ryan, you've been dealt with a three and a seven. Okay. Tim, you've been dealt with a jack and an eight. Oh, wow. I'm so, we'll go, we'll go Ryan first. Obviously, obviously, I would like a card, please. And it needs to be an ace. Uh, it's a three. <laughs> stick on ten. Okay. Three. Um, I would take another card, even though it's going to be a queen. It is a queen. That's incredible. <laughs> Brilliant. That's actually. I've not. played enough blackjack in my life to work out when you are pushing your luck. And as soon as it said thirteen, I thought, right, that's dangerous. And I knew I was yeah. going to get yeah. a fucking picture card. Yeah. I, admittedly, I had a one in four chance of getting a king, queen, jack, or a ten, but. <laughs> and uh, I have no idea what I've done to my phone. I, I've. Done you know, something to my phone. I've like, uh, I am going to do mine. I'm just taking a picture. To um, are you sticking on eighteen then? Yeah. Now go for it. Okay. Tim. Fuck it. No, only only adrenaline junkies roll also, the dice on eighteen. You say, you, no, but you say that though. But if you just if you'd have asked for another card, you'd have got my three. Yeah, yeah. but it's not worth it. Spooky. Um, I don't play those games. bloody wins welcome to another episode of the game time podcast a little bit of a different intro for us this week tim and ryan joining us with all the beauty that's happened or lack of ryan happy jose Mourinho day i'm also now 50 grand in debt because of that game (laughs) thank you i'm more concerned with the fact that did danny just call us ugly when did i say that i think i did hear that as well i i I have taken some offense yeah it's not very nice, Danny. The host is supposed to accommodate your guests. When when did I say that? I'm now sad for two reasons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll be sad for many more reasons when the season goes on. Uh, right, we'll start the show off this week talking about basically the breaking news of today at the time of recording. It's Wednesday. Uh, Jose Mourinho has been appointed the new Tottenham Hotspur manager after... Mauricio Pochettino was sacked on Tuesday evening. We'll go to Ryan first, because why not? Ryan, <laughs> what, what are the feelings? Talk to us. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, yeah, I started my day off this morning by looking and finding the news out. So obviously, it broke at about half past six this morning. I was like, well, if there's any going to be a day where I'm going to go straight back to bed, then it was going to be now. <laughs> um yeah, I'm a bit, I'm a bit confused. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Um, 
it's also a bit strange in terms of like how quickly it's happened as well. Obviously, it's been planned for a while. There's no way it's just been thrown together like this. Um, there's been reports that apparently they were talking as early as the Watford game, which was the start of October, I believe. So that's oh, a long time wow. coming. So, yeah, so there's been rumours that apparently that was the first time Levy and Mourinho met and talked about things. Um, in terms of, like, as with any manager, I mean, you will give them the benefit of the doubt. I always give new managers benefit of the doubt. I mean, I haven't had to do it for a while because it's been, like, five and a half years since we actually had a new manager. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit confused in terms of the timing and I'm a bit confused in terms of... I'm a bit conflicted, I think is the right word, in terms of, like, feelings towards Pochettino and his managerial spell and then, obviously, feelings towards Mourinho historically... And the only thing I can come up with, it's like when Chelsea appointed Benitez as manager. Very similar. I feel yeah. like that. Like sort of like the the he will not get a lot of time to bed himself in because there will be an immediately hostile reaction if anything negative happens. So it'd be interesting to see how Mourinho deals with that. But I am also quite excited in a way because it is Mourinho. Therefore, he is box office and he is... Yeah a good manager historically, whether or not he's been on a downward spiral since he left Chelsea the second time is debatable. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I, I, overall, I'm, I'm just sort of wanting to get on with it now in terms of like game against West Ham and see how hopefully he can turn the season around because we've not been right for about nine months now, I think is right. I'm right in saying we haven't won an away game since January. So Ooh. something hasn't changed. But Unfortunately, with Pochettino, he didn't get the send-off he wanted, which was obviously to win the Champions League and then re- resign or sort of move on, and that never happened. And we were left in limbo for about six months, and then this is the result, really. Jose Mourinho limbo. What a sport. Tim, you, you know as well as anyone what effect Jose Mourinho, good and bad, can have on a club. Do you think Spurs have made the right move? I mean... I, I I think there was no one else available at the time. You know, Pochettino has been talked about. You know, it's been rumored that he's going to go for for like you said since October, and uh, possibly even before. And there aren't many managers that you know are better than him available. Like I mean, Benitez was linked to to West Ham uh, a few days ago, but again, like do you really want Rafael Benitez, who's who's not as good as Jose, despite um, Jose's history, like I think it's a quite a good move. I think Tottenham have done quite well in that, you know, they've actually let, kept Pochettino and and got a replacement, which so often with Premier League teams doing the opposite, where they just sack the manager and then don't have anyone to replace him, and then uh, you know worse from it. So actually, it, it the, the way that they've gone about it is actually quite good. Um, we we know Jose Mourinho is one of the best managers of the last couple of decades um obviously he's, he's had sort of summer transfer windows and, and coming at the start of the season to to do what he does there's no doubt that he's a good manager whether he'll work at Spurs or not I don't know um he's the type of guy that can go uh, and, and you know beat Man City and then go and lose to Crystal Palace the next weekend so um whether Tottenham actually you know pick up some consistent wins uh, that they haven't been doing recently or, or they just falter into the same issues that they've been facing this season, I don't know. But um, it's certainly an interesting one and it, it's an odd one from a Chelsea point of view, but I think it will be quite interesting to see him 
on the touchline again, running down the pitch, celebrating a Harry Kane 90-second minute winner. As if he doesn't play Harry Kane at right back for the remainder of the season. <laughs> um, They're probably one, playing a right wing, actually, to be honest. One thing that I thought was quite interesting, obviously Mourinho typically, um, when you look at the clubs that he's managed, has been given quite a large transfer budget and has been given the players he wants. Obviously, we know Tottenham aren't necessary that sort of club. Levy is a very shrewd dealer in the transfer window. He doesn't like to spend a lot of money. So it seems odd to me that I, I saw something. They paid £12.5 million to sack Poch and they're giving Jose £15 million a year, which actually, breaking it down into weekly wages, makes him the highest paid person at the club. In, with by about by eighty thousand pounds, which <laughs> is really like—I mean, that's classic Mourinho. He never wants to be the uh, the center of attention, does he? I uh, just give me a contract that's higher paid than all of the players on the team, so they know who the most important person is. I I think in terms of that, um, I am a bit confused. That's the, that's the one sticking point with this. I think now I've had about a day to think about it. I think it's probably correct to say that there was. There's something wrong. There has been something wrong. Barring the Champions League campaign last year, there's been something wrong since... You could probably even argue the season before last. Sort of like ever since we went to Wembley, we've, there's not actually been a proper sort of like... The, the year, the last year we had at White Hart Lane and then after Kyle Walker left to Man City, you can start to see everything sort of unravel there in hindsight. Mm. Because obviously we never properly replaced Walker. He was one of the key... Ways in, in the same way that like Alexander Arnold and Robertson are the key parts of Liverpool side now, it was the same with Walker and Rose in like 2017. And then obviously, we had the stuff about Wembley and everything and moving out and not playing at home and like losing the momentum we had for when we finished second. And then obviously, last year as well, again, a very average season that was basically saved by two things one, the Champions League run, and two, the fact that Arsenal and Man United fell away in the last few weeks, so we didn't lose out in the top four. Because that was a very real possibility in about February time, March time. And when we, I remember we lost to Southampton. And I thought, OK, well, if we're not careful here, we won't even have the Champions League next year. Because even if we win it, well, obviously, if we would have won it, we'd have got through anyway. But there's been something wrong. So I can see the reasons why they made the change. But also, if there is something wrong, then why not give the man who is responsible for the club standing at this point as sort of like a regular top four team give him more transfer windows to sort it out rather than mm. pull the trigger and then get someone in who yes short term might be good in a couple of years but long term might leave us in a man united style malaise where you have like players on big wages and stuff and whatever and it, it doesn't work so yeah i'm a bit con that's the only conflicted like the, that's the big conflict i've got here is why not just save the 30 million pound or 45 million pound contract that we've signed Mourinho for put that towards the playing staff and then give Pochettino more time because I th I'm pretty sure, like, to speak for most Spurs fans up until last week, if we would have had maybe a year of transition this year and then come back stronger next year, even if that meant missing out on the Champions League, that would have been a price worth paying to keep him and then to reinvest in the squad. But I don't know. Like I say, it's a gamble and there is an argument to say that, oh yeah, well maybe it shows how well Pochettino's done the fact that we can attract someone like Mourinho now, because that would have been unthinkable like five years ago. Mm. But also, whether or not he's the right man for the job at this point. But like Tim said earlier, like realistically, who else was there? Like maybe Allegri. But then again, 
doesn't speak English, would take time to bed the squad in, etc., etc. So yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one. But overall, I think I'll come to the conclusion now that okay, we'll give him, we'll see how we go, and then hopefully he can be the short term trophy winner that he's been at Chelsea and Man United, and then that would be quite nice actually because obviously for all Pochettino's good stuff, the constant criticism was he never won a trophy. So that would be nice from my point of view if that does happen with Mourinho. What about the Audi Cup? Um, well, apart from the Audi Cup, of course. That, again, that goes without <laughs> saying. Like that, that's sort of like one of the things where like everyone talks about it, and I thought I can't bring it up again because it's not fair. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And to be fair, you will know way more because you'll watch Spurs in and out, and you'll you'll have seen what they were not even a few seasons ago to what they are now. In terms of, of Poch, the job that he's done at Spurs, he, does he deserve all the credit in the world for, for what he's made you now? Of course he does. Yeah, that goes without saying. I've read a couple of bits already this week, um, a couple of articles about sort of Pochettino and stuff. And like that. It's easy to forget how much of a mess the club was in when he took over. It mm. was just the year after Sherwood was in charge. And I know, again, Tim Sherwood, obviously, when he was in charge for the first six, eight weeks at Spurs, he actually did a pretty good job. But after that, it was very much sort of like downhill. Even Postina's first season as well, there were still elements of like issues running through the squad. We had genuine problems. We had people on high wages who didn't seem to care, like Paulinho, Adebayor. And so to turn us into what we are now, which is with a brand new stadium, Champions League finalists recently, consistently getting into the top four, even though we seem to spend way less than everyone else, he deserves all the credit in the world. and He will then get a really good job on the back of it. But at the same time, there, like I said, there have been issues. There, there have been problems with in terms of recruitment and betting in players like Pochettino. Yes, for every good player he brought in, like for every Alderweireld and um, for every Son, there was like a, an Nkudu, for example. Okay, and like that—that's the problem. That was always one of the criticisms leveled at him about transfer policy and whether or not he could be trusted with the 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 money that Levy was supposedly holding back. Um, but yeah, like I say, we we shall see how far this sort of like goodwill goes. Because if obviously Mourinho comes in and then starts winning things, for example, then it'll quite it'll be quite easy to sort of like belittle what Pochettino's done. And I don't think that's fair on him anyway, because like I say he's turned the club into what was basically like a bit of a joke into a, a team where people sort of like realise actually, yeah, they are a difficult team to play against. And that's due to him and that's due to the players he brought in and the, the methods he brought into them. But I think it was just one of those things where it just run its course after the summer with, um, like I say, the Champions League final not going the way he wanted. And then it's very similar, I think, to when Klopp left Dortmund in terms of like, maybe it wasn't as amicable as when Klopp left Dortmund, but still, it was one of the things where they just, I think the players had given all they could. He'd given all he could, really, like it's mentally, physically demanded. And it just was one of the things where it just needed to be broken off. But ideally, like I said earlier, it would have broken off in the summer. You sort of win the trophy, you go, okay, fair enough. We've had a good five years. I will see you in the future. And then you move on. But he never got that chance because of the um, result in the Champions League final which is probably the biggest regret of them all. But again, like you say, you can't fault him for the last five years. Odd one as well to do it in the second week of, well, not the second week, but like the latter part of the international week. You'd have thought, just do it at the start of the international week if you're going to do it. Um, And then you've got Mourinho to sort of have a week to bed in rather than three days before 
the first game against West Ham. Quickly before we move on, do, do you see any uh, immediate impact coming into that early kickoff on Saturday? Um, well, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure to be honest. I don't think there's going to be that much of a difference. I mean, I think like short term in terms of maybe going to Christmas, I'd like to see an improvement in the defensive um, side of things because I feel like that's been an area of weakness this season. Like we've been throwing away leads like it's going out of fashion. I mean, I was at the Sheffield United game on uh, the couple of Saturdays ago, like the last game that he was in charge and um, Pochettino. And it was just like, even when we won the up, it was never comfortable. And I know Sheffield United are a good team this year and stuff and people... Um, sort of like saying, yeah, they're, they're getting the results they deserve. But like, as soon as we went 1-0 up, Pochettino then brought on one fourth and changed the system and stuff. And it just looked really like nervous. And then obviously they scored, but it was disallowed after about four minutes of VAR and then eventually equalised properly. And it was just one of the things where we never looked like we were going to win the game, even when we went 1-0 up. So I'd like to see like a couple of grinding performances in the next few weeks, just getting some like hard fought wins and then hopefully seeing what long term, like say in the sort of like next season and then the maybe season afterwards, what Mourinho can then turn him into. But I think short term, I think there's probably going to be a minimal impact on Saturday, like say, because of the lack of time he's had. Mm. But then that comes with the problem again with the fact that apparently, depending on who you believe, Pochettino and Levy sat down before the international break, like sort of a week ago, 10 days ago. Basically, Levy was basically trying to get him to resign because they were both unhappy, and then he refused to. So Levy then had no choice but to sack him. So, but again, that depends on who you believe. There's a couple of sources floating about, depending on um, what paper you read and stuff, what football website you go to. So that could be an issue. Maybe it was Pochettino being a bit stubborn, and so that's probably why it's happened so late in the day, really. But whilst we're talking about the Premier League, we've obviously got our terrible tens predictions. But before we go into that. Tim, City play Chelsea this week in probably the marquee fixture of the week. What do you think is going to happen? Because City don't look City at it. City are screwed. Oh, all right, yeah, go on. Just interrupt me. <laughs> right. <laughs> I might be slightly optimistic. Um, I think if you're going to play City, now's maybe not a bad time to play them, um, considering that we are a point above them in the league. But I am a bit worried. That... They're, it doesn't. They they still look very good going forward, which is the worry. Is that I mean Bernardo Silva's uh, missing his game due to suspension, but they have still got like stupid amount of attacking talent, which I'm quite worried about. We've been better defensively um, of, of, over the last sort of month or so, but uh, I'm still quite worried that Aguero and De Bruyne and Sterling will all rip us to pieces. Um, but I I genuinely think it could be quite a good match. Like. Mourinho was right a few weeks ago when he said um, that Chelsea haven't really performed against the top four. Um, but I don't think that's through uh, sort of lack of trying. I just think it's a very inexperienced team and they haven't had the, uh, you know, a huge amount of top playing top class teams, a huge amount of experience in that. So it will be very interesting having now played uh, Liverpool and United to see where we go from that. Um, I don't know. I think we'll put up a big fight, but I'm uh, yeah, maybe more hopeful than I probably should be. So away from home, though, so maybe that kind of plays into the way you want to play football in terms of pay, break quickly on the counter. But um, 
Yeah, I think, I think well, I think I think Jorginho, Kovacic, and Kanteback will be incredibly important because it, you know we can actually win the game in midfield and win the ball back off them and counter quickly and and actually try and sort of beat City at their own game of um of playing in mid you know playing the ball in midfield and keeping possession of it because Jorginho and Kovacic have been outstanding this year and Kante is brilliant so actually if we play those three midfield we do have a good chance. In the words of that viral Tottenham fan. Energy, the energy. There will be plenty of it um, between City and Chelsea, which is a late kickoff on Saturday. Right, time for some terrible tens. Ryan, have you got the notepad? You better believe it. Right, okay, lads. We ready for some predictions then? Don't all scream at once. We've got our customary Northampton Town game. So parched. Terrible Ted. It's been a it's been a few weeks since we actually caught up with how we're all doing. So please tell us the good slash bad news. I don't want to know. <laughs> so a quick recap then, and the reason why is will become very obvious. <laughs> so um, last week, which was of course the international week, which. It's probably been the easiest one, as we talked about off air uh, a minute ago, because a lot of the games involved supposedly stronger nations playing against inferior ones. So there was a big point score. Um, Tom got 13 points, Ooh. including a three correct scores. He got um, Germany, Belarus, 4-0, wow. uh, Russia, Belgium, 4-1, and then Slovenia, Latvia, 1-0. Uh, Danny, you managed to get two correct scores. So you had Austria against North Macedonia, which was 2-1, and Azerbaijan-Wales, which was 2-0, which was good. So you got 13 as well. Um, I managed to get a correct result, but not a score, for all nine uh, nine out of ten games, apart from the Northern Ireland-Netherlands game, which tripped us all up. And then Tim got tripped up by all ten games because he forgot to (laughs) substitute any scores in. So although we have recently... We have recently discussed the possibility of if anyone forgets in future, just giving an automatic nil-nil draw to the person that just for all of the 10 games. So we will discuss that in future. We'll have a vote on that. I think when Tom gets back from Canada, we will put that to the uh, AGM. So we can (laughs) see what happens with that. Because if that would have been the case, Tim, you'd have managed to pick up three points for the Northern Ireland-Netherlands game. Um, but as you did, you got naught. So moving forward to this weekend, then we've got the return of the Premier League and the Champions uh, Championship as well. So we'll start off as we mean to go on, which is alphabetically. And the f- latest they've ever been mentioned on the podcast, Bournemouth against Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, top notch. Um, I, who wants to start on this one? I'm happy to start because I've already filled my section out, of course, because I did it before. Nice. So I'm happy to start if you want me to go ahead with my prediction for that one. Please do. Yep. I've gone for basically a one-all draw in this, purely on the fact that I feel like both teams will be very adept at cancelling each other out. Obviously, Wolves have sort of picked up from the start of the season when they had a bit of a blip because of the Europa League. Um, Bournemouth as well, like I say, have been... I think steady is a good word to use. I think, like I say, they've got the good result against Man United recently. But it's one of them games where you're just coming off the back of the international break. You don't know how either team 
would have had players like going off for international breaks if they'd have been affected, might have come back with some injuries. I'm thinking Jeff Lerma, I'm thinking Jimenez for Mexico. So I think a one all draw is fair for this one. Uh, Tim, what about you? Uh, I'm going to go 2 1 Wolves. Um, I feel like Bournemouth might have actually struggled to break them down a little bit. Um, and yeah, no, no I, think, well, I think Wolves do, you know, they need the points from where they were uh, uh, last time. I know they're, they're now back up to eighth, I think, but um, I think they'll definitely be looking to, to pick up points in, in, a, in a match like this. And Bournemouth haven't been in great form. I think they've only won one of the last five. And lost to Newcastle before the break as well. So um, we'll go Wolves. I had actually forgotten that they'd lost to Newcastle. That's a good point. I just thought the Bournemouth-Man United game was the last one they had. But yeah, very good point. Um, Danny, what about you? Yeah, I've gone 2-1 Wolves for pretty much the same reason. I think both teams will score. But Bournemouth really struggled against Newcastle. And um, yeah, I think they'll ship a goal as well. And I think Wolves looked quite good against Aston Villa before the international break. So I think they'll carry it on. Okay, so that's both of you off of Tom's Christmas card list anyway. So <laughs> I, was, in the, I was never on it. <laughs> so it's in the postage. So I'm going to have to be um, buying like a Bournemouth scarf at the end of the season anyway. That's true. Well, at the minute, unless he... Well, although this could be the weekend because him being in Canada, he might forget. So this could be the week where Please. we all catch up. <laughs> um, to be honest, he'll forget and he'll get about 10 points. <laughs> all, the game, all the games will end nil-nil. Yeah, no goals ever anywhere. Um, <laughs> okay, so moving um, on to the next game, which again, I think there's going to be a lot of away team bias from this again, purely because of recent form, which is uh, Brighton against Leicester. So, Danny, I'll come to you first this time. Are you going for an away win? I am going for an away win, but I was umming and ahhing for ages whether to go to nil or not, because I think Leicester will score goals. Mm-hmm. But I don't know whether to go 3-0 or 3-1 because Brighton have looked quite decent at home. But I think I think Leicester will probably be just a bit too much for them. So I'm going to go 3-0 Leicester win. Interesting. So it's quite a resounding away win there. I mean, I've gone for 2-0 personally. I feel like it's going to be one of those games where Leicester might score early, Brighton come back at them a bit, and then they just get a, a second goal towards the end. Um, so I feel like, yeah, that could... That could um, and like that, Tim, are you backing us or are you going for a Brighton upset? I am I'm going the same result. I'm debating whether to go 2-1 or 3-1. I think 3-1 because Leicester have been very good. But so Brighton have been pretty good uh, in the last few weeks as well. Uh, yeah, 3-1 because I think Leicester will put a few past them. Is there an echo in here? <laughs> it is, yeah. This is a... Uh... Well, no, because you went 3-0, Danny, so... Yeah, but I literally said the same thing. Oh, did you? <laughs> I was like, I, was like, I wonder if I go 3 1 because Brighton have been good in previous weeks. Oh. <laughs> I literally didn't even pick up on that. I was trying to think what I was going to go for. <laughs> Great minds think alike. Very true. Although, very true. Tim, at this point, it would be better for you to think otherwise in order to. <laughs> well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to copy what your that, results yeah. are. But if you just copy, then you're just going to perennially be 15 points behind. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I'll take that if I'm not like 40 points behind at the end of the season. I'll be surprised. Um, So we'll drop down now into the championship. So we've got Bristol City against Nottingham Forest. Nottingham Forest coming off of a important, if scrappy, East Midlands derby win, which involved one of the shittest winning goals I've seen for a while. (laughs) Um, If you haven't seen it, check it out. Um, And then Bristol City um, going on okay at the minute. Um, I will... 
start us off this time. I've gone for a 2-1 Bristol City home win purely because I feel like I just feel like Bristol City are quite strong at home and Forest's away record is a little patchy. I mean, they've won teams like Luton and places like that. They've got a good result with Fulham at the start of the year, but I think Brighton, uh, sorry, Brighton, Bristol Road, Bristol Rovers as well. It's fucking huge. <laughs> sort yourself out, man. Um, <laughs> Bristol City, sorry, um, will probably have too much of them. So I've gone for a 2-1 Bristol City win. Uh, Danny, opinions? Uh, I, I like it. I've gone for a one-all draw. I don't think, I think they're pretty much not separated by points in the table. So I think they're not going to be separated on the day either. One-all. Okay, Tim? Yeah, I think we all is going to be absolutely shitter, but I've gone one nil Forest. Mm. Yeah, well, at least at least that's a bit of a dissenter dissenting opinion anyway. So that's uh, all three results catered for there. So that's an interesting one. So someone's at least going to drop points there, whether it's me, you, me. or Tim. <laughs> it will be so, me. Interesting. So uh, moving on then, Crystal Palace, Liverpool. Um, Tim will go sort of come back to you again. So what are you? thinking how many goals are Liverpool going to put past Palace oh, oh quite a few um I'm where are Palace they're London uh oh 12th <laughs> very, now very great <laughs> I am thinking Liverpool might not put out their strongest squad in they might not put Salah Firmino and Mane all in the same team so uh I'll go 3-0 and I won't go any more than that which is still quite a lot but um, I think if they rest they won't score a huge amount more I love I love that uh, Liverpool might put out a reserve team so I reckon it's going to be 3-0 I mean, <laughs> imagine if they put their full team out it'd be about 84-0 I mean the way they're going let's not be surprised like yeah, yeah. they could win 7-0 quite easily so Danny what's your thoughts I've gone for a much narrower scoreline I think Palace are the Crystal okay. Palace win? No, not that. Not, not that mental. But Salah's injured, so he won't. He oh, won't take part. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Oxley Chamberlain will probably come in or, or someone else. But I'm going to go two-one. I think Liverpool showed signs that they can be got at, and someone like Zaha might have the uh, the key to unlock something. But I think they'll still win it. But it'll be two-one in my books. Interesting. Zaha with his zero goals and zero assists this season. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very, very much the uh, thinking man's John Joe Shell. <laughs> didn't say he'd score, just said he unlocked the door for someone else to score. For the changing room. <laughs> can, I, uh, right. can I shock you? Please do. I've gone for a draw. <laughs> Go <laughs> on. Um, this is purely, and I'm taking this, this is probably going to make me look like a right mug, but um, I'm taking the fact that pretty much all of the Liverpool players pulled out of international duty over the last week or so. So I'm taking that at full face value that all of them have got injuries. Nice. So therefore, we're talking no Van Dijk, no Salah, no Henderson, um, potentially no... Who's the other one that pulled out? Uh, Robertson, so he pulled out of the Cyprus-Scotland game. So... It's just Klopp on the phone. We Yeah, well, that's, that's, my, that's my cynical side of me, thinking, oh, he's just rang up and said, oh, can you just pretend you've got the flu but if that is true that's four of their main players that are not playing so and therefore all it would take is like say a couple of um sort of like decisions to not go their way similar to the the var decision at villa for example before they turned it around 
And I, I can see this being a very much like the Villa game in terms of like Palace might score to start off with and go one nil up. And I think it's going to be very tight because, um, like I say, Hodgson, usually when Palace are at home, they don't get many spankings. I mean, obviously, I know Spurs put four goals past them at the start of the season, but they've got some good results this season, Palace, so far. So I think they potentially could um, could spring a surprise here. And again, I'm just doing this basically to see if I can get a couple of points here and there and make it up on uh, Danny and Tom. But... I could see it happen. The more I think about it, the more I think actually Palace could actually sneak a, a point here. So that's going to be an interesting you know, one. When you talk, you think something over so much in your head that it, you actually start to believe it. And then when you look back at it from an outside perspective, how stupid it is. Yes. That's what you've just done. I reckon, I reckon you're right as well. And I did this last year as well. I remember the <laughs> Liverpool-Huddersfield game towards the la- latter end of the year when Liverpool were going for the title. And I, for some reason, had talked myself into the fact it was going to be a nil-nil draw. And Liverpool <laughs> scored within about 24 seconds of the game starting. And then won, a, won about 5-0. So, yeah, I've got history for this, but you can't stop a man from trying. You cannot. Um, we're going to drop down for the next three games now into the championship. Um, so, start off with Derby against Preston. Now, I reckon, this is, a, again, another hunch here. I reckon that Derby are in trouble here. So I've gone for Preston to win narrowly 1-0. Maybe a sort of scrappy goal from a corner or something. Because Preston Preach. are seemingly on the right track at the minute. And you're going to agree with me, Danny, yes? Preach it. I was, uh, I was at Preston versus Charlton a few weeks ago. And there were 36 fouls in the game and like six shots on target. <laughs> and Preston won by a goal to nil. So that's what I've gone with as well. And I'm going to go <laughs> with a Gallagher penalty because I like that man's run-up. Yeah, I think um, I think that is the main reason I've gone for one 0 is because they won one 0 in the last away game. Yeah, <laughs> let's just go for that again. Um, Tim, what are you thinking? Oh, I'm in such danger of going all away wins again. Um, Preston two one. Well, like I said, that that would be an ideal result to just chuck a random one in there. I mean, I'm not telling you how to play the game, and I don't want to see my I'm getting in your. You head. might as well, to be honest. But... I'm doing so badly that it might help. But like. You might, you might just, you might want to go ahead and just chuck a, a random derby winning at some place or something like that. But two one, yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's sensible following form. Um, speaking of following form, we've got Danny Cowley's Huddersfield against Birmingham. Um, Danny, have you been watching much Huddersfield? Luckily, no. Um, <laughs> they're, not playing, they're not playing that bad. <laughs> no, they're not playing that badly. I watched them a lot at the beginning of the season before Danny Cowley came in, to be fair, and it was... Oh, yeah, they were awful then. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was not a fun. Um, but I didn't know where to go with this one. So, like I did with Tranmere versus Gillingham a few weeks ago, I'm just going to chuck in a random two-all draw here and hope it sticks. I mean, it did stick last time, in fairness, so you have a 100% ratio with that. So, <laughs> no need to suggest it won't happen again. That's what I've gone for. <laughs> Uh, Tim, are you also just going to chuck a random one in there or are you going to go with form, which would suggest a Huddersfield win? Uh, I am going to go with a Huddersfield win, actually, but I'm only going to go 1-0. Very attritional, I think, is the word there we can use. Basically, just so I'm not giving it all away wins. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. <laughs> that, that does break the trend, actually. Um, I've gone for a 2-0 win purely because I think Birmingham's away form is nothing to write home about, ironically. Um, and then 
yeah, I think Huddersfield have just, they look so much more solid under Danny Kelly. Like, it's, it's amazing to think that they were seriously, like, the job he's done in the last, I don't know, month or two, I think it was about eight weeks he took over now. Um, like, people were talking about them genuinely being relegated again when he took over. And then now it's sort of like, oh, well, everything's fine. So don't worry about it. So, yeah, it's um, mm-hmm. testament to him, I suppose, in the way he's turned things around. Uh, Luton against Leeds. This seems like an odd fixture purely because it seems like two teams that shouldn't be in this division. Uh, Luton yes. did really well to get promoted last <laughs> year, but obviously are not having the best time of it this year. Leeds probably should have been promoted last year, but, but they fucked up the playoffs. So this should pre- really be a Premier League against League One game <laughs> if we were sort of taking this at face value from last year. But fair play to them. They're in the division. Um, Danny, are Luton going to spring a surprise? Uh, no, but I always have this like sort of fantasy that Leeds are going to play like absolutely liquid football and, and play everyone off the park. But then I always forget that they have Patrick Bamford up front. So I'm going to go with a, a narrow 2-1 win for Leeds. I've also gone for a 2-1 win for Leeds. The only thing I was debating about is whether or not Luton would actually score. Because I know Leeds have got a very good defence. Like you say, they're, they're sort of attacking output shall we say this year has probably been underwhelming in terms of like how much possession they have and how much of a domination dominated effect they have on the games especially at Ellen Road but I mean if they keep getting a 1-0 win every week and they get promoted no one's really going to give a fuck so yeah I I was debating that but I think Luton are good enough to get a goal because they play they play well in fits and starts they just can't put it together for 90 minutes or they put it together for like 45 minutes, like they did against Barnsley when they were 3 0 up at half time. And then it just sort of, but then it's very inconsistent. So, yeah. I could see there. Uh, Tim, what do you reckon? Um, I'm going 1 0 Leeds. I think they're missing a lot of people, if, if I'm not mistaken. And um, also, as Danny mentioned, Patrick Bamford is shit. So, <laughs> I think fans, that it yeah. might be one of those ones where they literally just scrap it out. 1 0 win. I was actually. Oh, well, uh, toying with the idea of going for a loot and win but I thought I'm not that ridiculous. Okay, so moving back into the Premier League for the next couple of games then um, we're going to have a look at Watford nil, Burnley nil I'm sorry, I mean um, Watford against Burnley (laughs) Um, Tim, what do you reckon? Uh, I don't know Um, fuck it, 2-0 Burnley Okay so you're really breaking with trend and going for an away win. <laughs> if if I wasn't careful, they would have all been away wins. So can't yourself lucky yeah. I haven't done that. You've done well. Yes, seven out of eight so far. Um, Danny, uh, Burnley looked really good against West Ham before the international break, but then Watford picked up a win against Norwich. So I'm gonna go with a score draw, one all. One all. Interesting. I genuinely, and this is no slander on either of you, I can't see how this is ever going to end up anything apart from nil-nil. I genuinely <laughs> don't see. I don't see any any scenario where this game has a goal in it. I mean, you're, you're, under, you're underestimating Ashley Barnes. I feel well, like I'm not underestimating Ashley Barnes. I just feel like I'm, an, I'm underestimating the ability of Burnley to score away from Turf Moor. Which, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. very very unlikely usually and Watford like I said I know they got the win against Norwich and I think that was more of that was more of a sort of like a tallest dwarf contest between those two it was sort of like <laughs> who was who was not the worst on the night it wasn't necessarily a, a sort of a comment on how good Watford were 
And I just, I just see this is one of those games where it's probably going to be raining when it's on. There's probably <laughs> going to be one contentious penalty call and it won't be given. And it will be last on match of the day. And that's just how I see it. And I can't see any other scenario and you cannot talk me down from it. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going for the dullest of dull nil-nil draws. Hopefully. A 5-3 win now. Oh yeah, no, I really want it now to be the first game of match of the day. I want it to finish like 7-5. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley Barnes and Chris Wood have scored more than Watford this season. They've scored oh, five goals each in the league, and Watford have scored eight in total. Excellent. I remember two of those were against Arsenal. Very true. <laughs> A quarter of their goals this season. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just like, I feel like, you know, like when you sort of like you have a bit of deja vu and like you sort of think, oh, I've seen this before. I get that with Watford against Burnley. I've <laughs> seen this game at least four times before. I'm just so, wait for is... fucking Jay Rodriguez to score a screamer like he did against us a few weeks ago. <laughs> Whilst Watford at 4 0 up. Won't matter again. Uh, okay, so last couple of games then. We have got Jose Mourinho's first game at Tottenham, which again <laughs> is still not something I'm used to saying yet. Uh, but it never it's gets not, easier. It sounds like I've just loaded FIFA up. And it's just done it. <laughs> well, like, I think this is a massive tribute to the new footy manager game coming out this week that they've just started to mess around with the, uh, <laughs> mess around with the database. Just go, oh, let's, just, let's just put Mourinho in charge of Spurs, just see what happens. <laughs> um, okay, so West Ham Tottenham. Um, Tim, what do you reckon for this? Oh, it is. I mean, this is the hardest one to call, surely. It's just no one knows how, how Spurs are going to perform at all under Mourinho. Um, We'll go with a Tottenham win because of the, the fact that they might actually feel a bit, you know, new manager feeling and all that and be a bit inspired. And actually, to be honest, there really might be a thing where he sits and plays seven at the back and puts Kane up front with Son behind him and then they score one on the counter-attack and then sit back for the rest of the match. So actually, I might just go 2-0 Tottenham. <laughs> OK, so 2-0. So you are expecting a new manager bounce. Uh, Danny? I was going to go with the new manager bounce as well. I'm a, I'm a man of uh, superstition, and you made me that way, Ryan from university. You told me never to bet on the team that was on football focus. And I, I didn't did. listen. Yeah. I didn't listen to you, and I was wrong. So now, <laughs> now I have to listen to you. Uh, but seeing as it's not Saturday yet, I'm going to go with new manager bounce, and I'm going to go three-one Spurs. Interesting. Um... I mean, I think both of you here have probably underestimated the fact that West Ham treat any game against Tottenham as if it is they are playing for the lives of their families. <laughs> um, so I feel like that's something you probably haven't considered purely because they do take it super serious. It's like one of their, well, probably is their biggest game of the season, to be honest. Not that they'd ever admit it. Um, that is counteracted by the fact that they play Mark Noble in midfield, though. That's true. I mean, yeah, and like I say, that can't also counteracted by the fact that they got battered by Burnley. But um, these are things that we'll probably, I'll probably have to deal with um, on Saturday when I think it will end up a one-all draw. I feel like it's too early to have any real impacts in terms of Mourinho. Like, what is he really going to manage to achieve in two and a half days worth of training? Eight defenders um, on the pitch at the same time. But then that again, does that solve the problem of not being able to defend corners, which has been a Tottenham problem since about 2012? <laughs> so again, that could be a, a potential issue. Um, I think 
again, it's is probably going to follow as with most of our games recently. We're probably going to go one nil up, and then we'll probably let a goal in at the end, which happened against Everton, happened against um, Liverpool, and obviously we lost to Liverpool. Happened against Leicester, happened against Sheffield United. So I feel like this is going to be just a a continuation of that. I think. Um, so yeah, I can't see any massive positives, although we've then got. A game in the Champions League midweek, and then we've got Bournemouth, I think, at home the week after. So there are opportunities, a couple of home games to get a good start, but I can't see it happening on Saturday, personally. But again, that's just my opinion. Um, moving to the last game, then, which is Middlesbrough against Hull. Finish on a, not a high, what's the opposite of a high? A, a, cra- <laughs> a crashing. Shitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Middlesbrough against Hull. I've purely gone for a, a Hull away win, mainly because. They seem to quite enjoy playing away from home. They won away at Fulham recently, which is a very good result. Middlesbrough look not great as well, which is not a help. So I've gone for 2-1 Hull. Uh, Danny, what's your last one for this round? See, all logic tells me to go for a Hull win because Middlesbrough ship goals for fun. And like you said, Hull look good away from home. But I'm pretty sure in episode four of this season, up to that point, I'd backed Hull every time they were on and they'd failed me. So I'm not going to back them this time. So I'm going for a 1-0 Middlesbrough win. Ooh, so you are using some petty revenge from... (laughs) (laughs) You predict the scores. Okay, Uh, Tim? And purely for the fact that Danny's not backed Hull for the first time, I'm going Hull (laughs) 2-0. You fuckers. (laughs) I mean, like I said, I feel like mine was based on an actual conclusion. Danny's just being like a, a sort of like a... A petulant schoolboy, and, and then Tim has then copied that by doing the opposite. So, <laughs> interesting. So we will feedback for that obviously later after the weekend is over. I will try to uh, sort of make contact with Tom up in Canada, um, and then we'll see where we are landing after this week. But hopefully, as I said, the Wi-Fi signal will mysteriously drop out in Toronto. So, <laughs> Oh, well, that brings the end of a beautiful uh, Terrible Tens. Nice to have it back. Remember, you can get in touch, GameTime underscore pod. We post them all on there. So keep your eyes peeled. Until next week, enjoy your weekends.